Hello there. Everything leading up to this moment has been rehearsal. The real performance is about to begin. I'm counting on it. What's up, everybody? Welcome, welcome, welcome. You have now tuned in to the Outer Rim Beacon, your frequency for everything in that galaxy far, far away from the Yuzane Bong to Yuzums. Uh, hard to say. Uh, we've got you covered. We've got you covered here on the Outer Rim Beacon. My name is Justin. I'm one of your hosts for the show. Joining me today is my skeleton crew co-host. Ooh, spooky, scary skeleton. This is Josh, and welcome to this episode, which is brought to you by the letter Y, as in, why is this episode going to be the number one rated episode we ever do? That's because the Dream Team is here. The Hasbro. Yeah, boy. Josh and Justin. Kyle who? Too sweet. Kyle Too sweet. Who? Yeah, this is this is like a Na- <laughs> Hall and Nash episode right here. Yeah, it is. Hey, yo. Yo, hey. Oh, hey, even you though sleep. I'm short, you're letting me be Kevin uh, Nash. I appreciate it. I am from Detroit. <laughs> I, I always loved uh I always loved um Scott Hall when I was uh when I was younger watching wrestling. I just his his it was just funny to watch his arrogance and his confidence and he'd walk out with like the toothpick in his mouth. Oh yeah. And he'd like flick it at people that he didn't like just to annoy him. Yes, absolutely loved that duo uh back in the day. What was that manager? Eric Bischoff, I think was He was part of the NWO. I don't know if I would call yeah. him their manager, but he did end up uh he did end up joining the group at one point, yeah. Yeah. Yeah, NWO got got strong there uh, yep. for a little while. I yep. sent uh, I sent Josh this horrific picture of a Jason mask with um the uh, it's like Hulk Hogan's face painted on it. It was uh, horrendous to look at, but uh, picture picture the Jason mask with the bra 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 thur, 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 in the background with that little Jason music that you get when he's stalking people. So. Yeah, scary skeleton crew episode today. Love how I tied that in here for Halloween, which we've got coming up in about two weeks. I'm excited. Hopefully you guys are getting your spookiness in. Checked out the Star Wars terrifying tales the other day. Uh, I watched it once. I'm going to watch it again because it was hysterical to watch. Uh, Is that what what we're calling the Rise of Skywalker now? Spooky. Just kidding. It's a terrifying tale. Just kidding. Uh, yeah, I, uh, it was good. It was really good. It was funny. Um, that it, there was actually a lot of horror movie nods in Mm. it throughout the, throughout the episode. There was like a look, like a shining, uh, a couple shining nods in there. Um, there was, uh, I'm trying to think there was another one, like there was just little odds, a little odd horror movie tidbits in there you, that were actually pretty said, funny to watch when you said that i thought here's annie yeah <laughs> he's breaking in with his axe um you, you do get the droid breaking in the door which was pretty good so uh, but yeah go check it out if you guys haven't watched it yet um i love scary movies so for me i'm like getting my fill i watched i binge watched um midnight mass oh i've uh, heard i someone was just suggesting that to me um, yes, it's, um, yeah. I don't, I don't want to spoil it for anybody because, um, 
it is it didn't go where I thought it was going to go. I thought it was more like a ghost story. It's not that kind of story, but um it's it was very good. I I enjoyed it. I am a big Stephen King fan and it reminded me of a particular Stephen King movie. So, um if you you do watch it, I'm sure everybody else will understand what Stephen King movie I'm referencing. It was really it was really good though. Um heavy heavy on religious interpretation throughout the show but very very cool take on it like literal no this is what the book meant it was um it was interesting very interesting i enjoyed it so i i've loved um and i can't think of his name the the gentleman that wrote he wrote this midnight mass uh bly manor and the haunting of hill house those three shows, all of them I have absolutely loved. And I believe uh, what's Raul Cooley is in all three of those and has done a fantastic job. So go check it out. Highly recommend it on Netflix. Um, is I that think Mike it's like Flanagan? Eight. I think so. Yes. Yeah. yeah. He's really good. Really good writer. Um, but I've enjoyed all three of them. Haunting of Hill House is still my favorite because it's so creepy. And it's it has such a cool twist uh, as it gets towards the end. Um, but yeah, loved, loved, loved all three of those shows. So go check them out. Um, there was something else I watched that I was going to say, but I can't remember what it was. I have one co- non-spoilery question about Midnight Mass, since this is yes. now a Midnight Mass podcast. Um, <laughs> are there, how is it on jump scares? Because that's like for me, I'm not like gore doesn't bother me. And I like a lot of horror themes. Mm -hmm. Most of the time when I I don't watch a lot of horror movies because I don't like being startled. But man, I could tell you, like I read the premise or the Wikipedia page for a horror movie. And I'm like, I'd read that book for like Mm -hmm. 90 percent of them that I read. And um, but I don't. Yeah, I don't like being startled. So I'm usually not real amped to watch a horror movie. There's there's not a ton. There are not a ton of jump scares through the whole series. There are some, oh, yeah. but not not enough that you're going to be super turned off by it. Um, I think you'll be okay. Towards the end, you really just want to see what happens to these characters yeah. that you've watched and kind of come to know. And it's a very it's a small cast because this this whole show takes place on this very small island in the middle of nowhere, and it's a small fishing island. So the cast of characters is relatively small and that's what I think draws you in and makes for good, again, good storytelling when you're, you're focused on a central group of characters that pull you in and you really just want to hear more about them. But it it was, it was really good. I'd highly recommend it. Not many jump scares. There's a little gore, not a ton. Um, there's, I don't think there's as much gore as, uh, squid game. Um, I don't know if you've watched Squid I haven't Game watched yet, that but... either yet, but I, I... <laughs> Josh has intent. to catch up on I, his binge. Dude, watching I haven't even watched here. the Lego Star Wars thing. <laughs> uh yeah, Squid Game was was good. Um I so I'm gonna be a little critical here. Like I it was good. If you like it though, go watch um Alice in Borderlands, which came out almost a year ago, which was the same almost the same premise as squid game the only difference is they're not playing kids games but it's basically humans against other humans in these games competing to get out of the game uh but the big difference is you know this one's 
a lot grander scale than what Squid Game is. So, um, but yeah, that one's a good one to watch too. They're bloody. I don't think they're super, super gory. To me, gory is more like the Saw stuff when you're throwing people in pits of empty needles and having them claw their way out and things that explode your head. That to me is a little bit more gory, but um, no, it was good. I mean, Squid Game was good. The end was, it keeps you on the edge of your seat. And, uh, but yeah, both are, are really, really good shows. So go check them out. Highly recommend them. So, uh, speaking of, uh, checking things out though, I cannot wait to check out what we're going to get at Celebration Anaheim 2022. And it's now 32 weeks, I think. Yeah. It's creeping up. Getting close to your, uh, to the, the plane ticket embargo. Don't know word from light. Um, I, I a lot gonna, going on here. I am gonna dip my toe. My, I'm gonna dip my toe in the my first COVID con uh, yeah. this weekend. I'm gonna do one day at uh, Motor City Comic Con. So um, I'm also interested to hear, um, you know, when Maggie gets back about you know yeah. some more details about how New York Comic Con was because that's also a read. That's also a huge read pop con. So I think it'll be a good. Um, you know, preview for maybe what we can kind of expect on how things might be different due to any precautions that might still be being taken, you know, in yeah. in May. Hopefully, hopefully not as many, but, you know, here we are. Yeah. I mean, there's a lot of things that can happen in the next 32 weeks or so yeah. uh, leading up to this. So there's still a lot of time. A lot of things can change, hopefully for the good. Um, get out there, do your part, people, and uh, let's get cons back to up and running where we can enjoy them together as a big family in support of Star Wars. So I'm excited, though. I'm I'm super, super excited for it. I cannot wait. You're right. Uh, nothing from Read Pop, nothing from on light. No, <laughs> there's nothing. No news nowhere <laughs> concerning any of this. So it's a little concerning being 30 weeks out. But again, there's, there's still a lot of time. There's still a lot of time. So, when do you think we'll start getting guest announcements? I would say maybe. I, f- I feel like two in months? a normal year we'd already have maybe one. That's what I would think too. At this point, yeah. Um, it's just hard because I like I think that's still the thing is like people's schedules are so in flux right now with cancellations and. Um, you know, flights, things going on with with airlines canceling flights and things. It's hard to just schedule stuff. So hopefully we get it would be nice to have at least one like, hey, here's who's coming. Here's a big name. Let's throw it out there now and get it done. And that way everybody gets excited and hyped up for it. But maybe at the 30 mark, the 30 week mark, maybe they're listening to our show and they go, you know, when they hit 30, we're going to drop a big announcement. Here we go. <laughs> All I want, well, there's a lot that I want, but it would there's be real a lot nice that I if want. Rosario Dawson and Ewan McGregor were at oh, Celebration. Yes. Uh, they both have stuff would to you, promote. Would you do the, if they do the the autograph and the photo shoot, you opt in to, to buy both? Honestly, so that's those are like the two people that I might do both. Yeah. 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 
And hopefully it won't um, be with plexiglass in the middle. We'll see. <laughs> Again, it would be awesome. I would love to. It, it's just, it's such a different experience, like doing a con and being able to do all this stuff without masks and plexiglass and all this kind of stuff. So, um, you know, I mean, look at, look at how tight we were wait, hate waiting in line at celebration for Chicago. Yeah. Waiting to get in. It's just shoulder to shoulder and you make the best of it. So but that's how you meet people. And I think it's more, more fun and interesting to, to meet people that way. So we do have uh, a little bit, a little bit of news and notes here. Um, one that I forgot to include here that's that's kind of important that I want to start with is um, Hasbro actually announced late Tuesday CEO Brian Goldner, um, who was a longtime CEO there, passed away at uh, age 58. So after he had gone on medical leave. So I just want to say, uh, you know, rest in peace, Brian. Uh, Hasbro has done a lot in the last couple of years for a number of different um, different. Uh, what do I want to say? Uh, Star Wars, uh, My Little Pony, um, I mean, Mr. Potato Head, whatever it is, they've done a ton the last couple of years to really kind of bring collector Marvel um, to bring collectors in and, and create more toys for kids and create a, a more um, diverse portfolio of toys that you can find. So, and uh, he was a big part of that. So, um, you know, just. Uh, just RIP to to Brian and uh we wish we wish his family all the best. We do have other news and notes here. Mando season three just started shooting Wednesday, which is awesome. Carl Weathers took to social media to announce he is returning for Mando season three as Grief Karga, and he will be behind the camera again to direct at least one episode. So excited for that. Uh I cannot wait. Uh, his his episode in um that was the 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 cliffside one where they were in the uh they were trying to get the um shoot they had to go and the the secret imperial base that was in the cliffside yeah. that yeah, was yeah. his episode yeah it was a really good episode so i'm excited to see that uh star wars today announced a new animated short series star wars galaxy of creatures uh, we join an adventurous droid SFR3, or Ari, uh, a member of the Galactic Society of Creature Enthusiasts, as he journeys across the galaxy to learn everything there is to know about wildlife. Um, it's a series of animated shorts about creatures of the Star Wars universe, Tuca Cats, Porgs, Tauntauns, you name it, they're covering it. It's a 12-run episode uh, thing that they're doing on... What is this? Uh, Star Wars Kids on YouTube. Um, you can go now and watch the. You can watch the trailer, and you can also watch the first two episodes uh, right now. I think it's on Porgs and Banthas, so you can go check that out. And then Mattel is bringing back, uh, or they're they're releasing a line of creatures called Stitchlings, which I think are the same things that you see on the shelf right now. It's those little stuffed kind of thin there was an ewok um i forget what else there was like a bantha and like when you squeeze them they make just little sounds yeah. that the creatures make so they're releasing a another assortment of that you can actually pre-order it right now at target only at target uh, amazon is also going to have an avail have these available for sale um, they're going to have an assortment of 
sorry, teas, accessories, and home goods celebrating your favorite characters from this new series. So more creature-oriented stuff, uh, Banthas, Tauntauns, if you like that kind of stuff. Amazon should have some more stuff too. So um, now, Josh, I don't know if you caught this or not. Did you see the little Good Morning America teaser uh, for Bring Home the Bounty campaign? I did, did not. Did you get to see this? Okay. No. So... The other day, Good Morning America had a little teaser trailer for Bring Home the Bounty campaign, campaign, which is going on every Tuesday from now until December 28th. They will be releasing new products inspired from across the Star Wars galaxy. And they had this full spread right there in the middle of Times Square with a little sand crawler backdrop and some Jawas and they had R2 on there. But they had, it looked to me like apparel, Funko figures, costumes, home goods, the whole thing. And the, when I saw this, I'm instantly thinking what we had, what was it Mando Mondays yeah. last year, where yeah. every Monday they were dropping new merch. It sounds like it's going to be the exact same thing, only they're going to be dropping new merch every Tuesday from now until December 28th. So you have almost like two and a half months of new product for star Wars coming out. I, my wallet you'll is get not it that sometime big. next year. <laughs> right. Uh, pre-order it now, get it in 2024, uh, after it's already irrelevant anymore. But, um, yeah, it looks like a lot of stuff, a lot of stuff coming out. So be on the lookout for that. Uh, again, Did you pick my... anything up on the first day on the first one. I did. Oh, uh, well, I guess I, so that's where I was confused. So I thought that retro drop was part of the first one. That's what I, 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 I don't know. Cause I thought that came out on Monday. Was that Monday when that came out? Uh, Hasbro dropped to what Josh is saying is Hasbro dropped a new wave of retro collection figures. There is a new wave two of the retro collection figures, which includes the Mandalorian, uh, a Death Trooper, Bo-Katan, Boba in his repaint armor, the Armorer, and the one and only Ahsoka Tano from The Mandalorian. And Josh and I had this conversation the other day. We were talking, and I am not a big retro uh, collector. I, I just, I the figures, like, don't get me wrong. I love old figures, like the vintage stuff, but the newer retro figures are just not my jam. And I looked at the Ahsoka figure and I went, ah, it just looks all wonky. Like I would much rather see that in a vintage collection, you know, where it looks more like the actual character from the TV show. And Josh called me out and he goes, yeah, he goes, but I think I'm just going to get that figure for the artwork on the card back. And I went, you are right, sir. You are right. <laughs> um, yeah. It's, I mean, I honestly think it's the first action figure card back with, um, with uh, live action Ahsoka. Okay, yeah. so I'm I'm actually in the the site for uh, the bounty thing. Bring home the bounty, and so yeah, mm -hmm. this is the week. the The retros are the week week one. Um, okay. Yeah. Okay. The yeah, the retro figures and um, some lightsaber forge electronic lightsabers from Hasbro. Um, the Lego Imperial Cruiser, Lego Imperial. Armed Marauder, Boba Fett's Starship. Oh, the Advent Calendar for this year. The Armorer's Mandalorian Forge. Um, 
some Build-A-Bear uh, stuff. They got a, oh, Build-A-Bear Bantha plush. Actually, speaking of that, I just picked up <laughs> the uh, the Boba Fett Build-A-Bear. I know you saw this the other day, but. Yeah. Oh, yeah. It I'm showing good. it to you again, even though no one can see it but you. And then a couple of Funkos, oh, yeah. too. We got the um, uh, K2SO with a pin and uh, Moroff, also from Rogue One. So. Oh yeah, for, uh, more off from Jetta and Rogue One. There's a couple One. of yep. things that I kind of. Uh... You didn't buy the Crocs, the Mando Crocs. Oh, you know what? I <laughs> I didn't even. I you know I saw those the other day, but they're not listed on. Yeah, man, and it's interesting when you go. So go to StarWars.com. You can find Bring Home the Bounty. Click on more details. It'll take you right to the the page that has all of the stuff. But it's interesting because there's almost like these little uh pucks these uh lighted pucks that have different faces on it and the first one's a stormtrooper the next one's a mando and then obviously bo katan and then the next the fourth one is ahsoka so it'll be interesting to see what drops it there's a rex one there there is a video game controller for week 10 so that's interesting interesting. thing i don't think that you know they people are so IGN put out an article saying, oh, they're going to make a video game announcement because one of them's a video game controller. And that's one of the few that doesn't like fit the theme. Like there's mm-hmm. most of them are characters faces with the exception of um, there's 50th. a gonk droid that is wrapped like a present. So that's a little bit different. Mm-hmm. And that's that's actually like Thanksgiving, like the week after Thanksgiving. Weekend. So that yeah. makes sense. And then yeah. there's the controller one. There's a Lucasfilm 50 logo, and then there's also lightsabers crossed. So those ones are all different. Mm-hmm. Um, but like, there's That's no Stormtrooper thing that got released today or this week. No. So I'm not sure why. So maybe they just picked icons to put in there, and they don't have any relevance over what's being released. I don't know. Unless they're uh, saying the Imperial like armored Marauder or the light cruiser. You know, I don't know. I know, uh, I think Maggie was eyeing the Lucas 50th bomber jacket by her universe, uh, which does look really, really good, but I don't think there's no drop on it. There's no release time or anything like that. So um, I wonder if that's that, that maybe that's what's dropping that 50th week, uh, week nine, December 7th. So. I don't know, but you can see the schedule. It's it's available starwars.com. You can see all these icons that we're looking at here. It's uh, a lot of product. A lot of Star Wars products going to be coming your way here for the holiday season. So hopefully it's already in stock and it's made and you know people are just sitting on it. That's what I'm I think I'm finding out with these um Antoc Merrick X-wings. I walked into Target the other day. Um, you know, I found, I found one at a store. I grabbed it. I only bought one and I walked into target the other day and there were four of them sitting on the shelf. And this was probably noon lunchtime ish, 11 o'clock. So, uh, there were four of them just sitting on the shelf there. So, and I didn't buy any, I left them there. Uh, although I am one of the groups I'm in, somebody had, had reached out that they're still looking for them. So I may see if they're still there and pick it up and ship it to them. So, Love helping collectors out when I can. So if um, if you see them, though, grab them. I mean, it's a great ship. It's just like the the Luke's vintage uh, X-wing in the pose, where you can kind of take it apart, and it's got all these intricate little pieces. So it's it's a really cool 
piece, and it's the only place that you can get the Antoc Merrick Vintage Collection figure. So um, I can't imagine they're going to be around for very long. But yeah, go well, pick it up. Fl- on the flip side of that, I ordered, I did order that Ahsoka retro, and I ordered mm-hmm. the bo Retro, and those will both be arriving uh, in August of 2022. Where did you... August 2022? Is that when they're out? Yep. Holy crap. I am purchasing them from Mr. Bezos. Okay. You got Uh, them Because they were free shipping, and they were $2 cheaper than they were on the other two sites. So, um, Big Bad Toy Store and Entertainment Earth. Hasbro. Entertainment Earth, yeah. Okay. Oh yeah, I didn't even look at Hasbro. Um, <laughs> it, and you, you were, you know, what threw us off was that they are coming out on Tuesdays, but the first week it came out on a Wednesday. But that's the it. rest of the schedule is Tuesdays. That's it. Yeah, that's why I was thrown off a little bit. But yeah, so check it out to every Tuesday. So you should have some new merch coming at you next week. Be on the lookout for those pre-orders. I'm sure there's going to be a ton of them. But that's all we got. That's all our news and notes. It was a lot to get through. So. We've got uh, we've got some fun stuff to talk about today, and this is this is I think a, a great topic for Josh and I because we listen to these all the time. But we're gonna get into a little bit of Republic. We are gonna talk Just make some. Sure you pass it. Don't bogart the High Republic. <laughs> don't don't hog all the High Republic. Uh, we are going to get into Tempest Runner, the audio drama today. And this is why I say this is perfect for Josh and I, because I think out of the four of us, Josh and I are probably the two that listen to the audiobooks the most. I think Kyle and Maggie tend to read a little bit more than we do, but I, I, I love hearing the story read to me, I guess, because like I, I love hearing uh, somebody do their interpretation of a character and do their voices. Not that I don't do that on my own when I read a book, but for some reason, like I can have it on in the background and I can listen to it. And even while I'm working, I jot a note down in my book here and then, you know, I can keep moving instead of having to like read and turn, read and turn. So, but I enjoy the audiobooks. So this, I think this is great for Josh and I to kind of discuss, and I'd be very, very interested in getting Kyle's and Maggie's opinion on this as well. Um, because I think we have we have our own opinions on this too in comparison to audiobooks, um, but uh, it, this is fun. I'm I'm excited to talk about this, and it was great. It was great. So, um, I'll give you kind of the background here, and then Josh will give you the <laughs> synopsis. Yeah, go ahead. No, I was I was holding my <laughs> finger up, but then I realized I'm leaning, so you couldn't see my finger. It was out of the frame. <laughs> I was like, he just totally no sold my. F- my my talking finger um i just yeah i just wanted to say i think that i you're that is a completely fair assessment i love the audiobooks uh and i just it just paints a different picture and i like that um i just remember the the main one of the main things for me is i remember every time i'd read a book and i would decide yeah that's how you pronounce that weird star wars word i've never seen before I would be wrong if I. So when you listen to the book, you find out exactly how something's supposed to be uh, pronounced, unless it's uh, Markian, Martian, Roe, or Nihil, Nile. Uh, mm-hmm. That that's. I, I feel like everything else has been mostly 
uh, there haven't been any other like weird discrepancies. No. Obviously, uh, Mark Thompson says ATAT, um, and the consensus among our hosts and most of our guests has been that that is wrong. But I'm with you, Mark. If no let one go, else, Josh, let it go, man. I'm just, with you. Just let it go. You've lost. Let it go. <laughs> <laughs> Never. Um, <laughs> you're, but you're right, though. We did confirm uh, the the pronunciations, right? Of of Markian, Marcian, and the Nile versus Nihil. <laughs> um, what is, with, what does with Kevin our interview Scott with know Kevin about Scott? all that? He doesn't know. No, I'm just... no, he didn't know nothing. He didn't know nothing. Uh, Friend of the show. Go, Friend of the show, go check out that interview that we did with Kevin. Um, it's a, it was a great interview. It was, it was so okay. fun to have him on. But um, you can catch anywhere you listen to podcasts, you can find that interview. You can also pull it up on YouTube. We've got it loaded up there. So anywhere you choose to listen, you can go uh, go check it out. This, this audio drama, also written by Kevin Scott. Uh, he knows a thing or two about Jedi and Nile. So... Uh, release date for this was eight thirty one twenty one. Uh, it is it's a short listen. It's six hours and five minutes. Six, you can do that in a day, like while you're working, or two days while you're working. A little bit here, a little bit there. It's it's a great short listen. Uh, it has a huge cast, uh, and I I don't know that I'm going to go through all these, but um, Jessica Almasay is Lorna D, who this story mainly focuses around. Uh, Dan Bittner is count. Yeah, does uh, Counselor Wittick, um, Orla Cassidy as Ola Hest, um, Sullivan Jones as Bala, who is a uh, main character in this story, as you'll hear. January Lavoy as Tasia, who does um, she did um, Alphabet Squadron. Yes, uh, which was really really good. Um, Counselor Fry is Kathleen McInerney. Tara Sands is Seston, who is also a major character in this. Um, you do get a little bit of Asgar Rowe, who's the father of Martian, um, which is Jonathan Davis, uh, not Jonathan Davis from Corn. This nope. is different Jonathan Davis. Although this this Jonathan Davis <laughs> is basically like prior to High Republic. Well, and still, but you know. If it wasn't Mark Thompson, it was Jonathan Davis. Like they, that was kind of the the trade off mm-hmm. to the to the point where like I f- I feel like they they had very like similar great performances. Like they're both very good, and I think that they mm-hmm. I think that they try to do uh, I think that they play off of each other's voices. Like I feel like um you know if you hear a character in one. And you hear a character done by the other, they're they're similar. You know, they do a good job of right. keeping it consistent. Yeah. They're like the dynamic duo, like yeah. Josh and I. Yeah. I mean, exactly. it's just, just they go together. All nasty. Um and then yes, you're right. Mark Thompson was Pan Ada, which he does a great job with Pan Ada, um, Skier and Marshawn Rowe in this. And I, I I his Marsh his his row is again, every time I hear it, I think John Malkovich yeah, it, it's spot on. That's who I hear. That's who I see playing. The, like if this was a live action, that's who I'm putting in that role. <laughs> like I know Maggie would prefer hot, hot row, but I would have to say John would get the nod for the voice and the <laughs> the acting of this character. So um, that's just my opinion. That's just my opinion. So 
Um, Josh, why don't um, do you want to go through the synopsis here and uh, just read through this so we give the listeners a, an idea of what we're about to to drop on them? Oof, you should have let me do the cast and you do the synopsis. <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah, I mean, so this this story uh, is basically the story of how Lorna D became Lorna D. Um, and, you know, uh, so uh, the Nihil are, they, I'm really bad at reading and making it sound natural. This is going to be great. Um, <laughs> you know, so basically Lorna, Lorna D and a bunch of other Nihil uh, get captured after a battle. And she is in, she is on a, they don't call it a prison ship. You know, it's, it's like one of those correctional like, uh, rehabilitation, even though it's not yeah, really rehabilitation. Yeah. Um, this, this, it was like, this was like orange is the new black in a galaxy far, far away. I feel like this, uh, part of this. Um, <laughs> there you go. Perfect synopsis right there. Just leave it at that. Pretty much. I mean, and so it's, you know, it's her trials and tribulations in the, in, yeah. in the, um, in the prison with the uh, interacting with the other prisoners and the, and the, the, the staff there. But then throughout that time in the prison, um, she basically we keep jumping from the present on the prison barge back to various points in her life and telling the story mm-hmm. of basically her tragic backstory of being uh, Twilight royalty of some sort, being betrayed um, and then being sold into slavery. Um, and then basically just betrayal, uh, trusting one person, being betrayed, finding a new person to trust, being betrayed, rinse, repeat. Yep. Um, um, doesn't she, <laughs> yes. isn't the, and then there's even a point where she's in the military um, mm-hmm. on the recommendation of uh, Jedi Master Rancisis, right? Yes. The one dude that's in everything. Yeah. Um, yep. And uh, it all That's where culminates. she learns to fight, become a, that's where she basically learns her skills to be a fighter, essentially, which, and she's really good at it. Which was wild to me that that she's has a military background and at, mm-hmm. at, at any level, and it and it all you know it all ends up leading to her us finding out how she gets back with a Nihil. Yeah, so. yeah. Um, she. I know is... that wasn't a Kyle level uh, rendition. I. <laughs> that was good. That was good. I decided was, to just um, wing it instead of trying to read it because I knew um, that I would trip over it. So, no, you're good. You're good. It was uh, spot on. The yeah, it's 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 how Lorna D become she. I mean, how she gets to be the 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 level that she is in the Nihil was. I mean, in, in spoiler alert, Josh and I are going to talk about these things. So yeah. if you haven't read this yet or you, you you haven't listened to it yet and you don't want us to ruin it, then turn us off like right here because all we gave you was the synopsis. Now we're going to go into like little tidbits here and there. So if you don't want something spoiled, now's about the point to turn off. But um, if you're not going to check it out, you're totally good to listen to it. We'll give you the synopsis and, and all of the stuff that we got out of it. But it was... It, yeah, it even how Lorna becomes the level that she is in the Nile was almost by accident. Like, right. Right. she's either she, she, it, 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 see that was the first time that it seemed like she was in the right place at the right time, and then it kind of almost it wasn't what yeah. she thought it would be. Um, right. Yeah, she ends up so 
what was it? Some she thought somebody was gonna kill um Rose's father, um Ar- Asgar. She thought somebody was gonna kill Asgar. Yep. And jumped out and like killed that person and Asgar loved it and was like this is what we need in in the Nile and ends up promoting her to like tempest runner by dumb luck and she was like okay so and then you had Pan and um you know Martian and uh who's the third the third one was um Kasif Kasif, yeah, and you do get Kasif here. He's back alive again because this happens obviously before he gets killed. And yeah, um, in uh, was it Light of the Jedi? I think. And so he's he's back, and it's basically how she gets promoted to that third Tempest Runner spot when yeah. it was supposed to be the other dude, but she thought the other dude was going to kill Asgar. Well, I think that he him. was, and she ruined she ruined so. She saves Asgar and tries mm-hmm. to curry favor with him, gets a spot, but it's not what she thinks. And she's not, she's kind of tries to get him to go along with her. And it doesn't, um, her trying to curry favor didn't really work the way she wanted it to because he wasn't right. kind of buying her plan. But also, she, she stops this attempt only to become Tempest Runner and find out that it was the other Tempest Runners that were behind the attempt and she just kind of ruined their plans so now she has to help them you know mm-hmm. still do the same thing yeah which we and see then, a little bit of what she does you know later where she you know she's kind of playing row and pan against each other and yep. we like we see the the start of that where she's kind of doing that she's trying to play all the angles with the tempest runners and with asgar row as well yeah and i i think a lot of that stems from her her past where everybody played her. Yeah. Right. Like everybody was, was taking advantage of Lorna and basically using her to get whatever they wanted. And this story, this audio drama is Lorna's story of how she finally goes, you know what? No, I'm not letting anybody take advantage of me anymore or tell me what to do anymore. It's my time to like, be the leader and get what I want. Yeah. And and it's it's really, really cool. It's um and you get that by the end. She uh you know her her past, she's very like she's young. She gets manipulated by Bala, who they're on Aeloth, which is I don't it's a it's a colony. It's a twilight colony, Ry- yeah. Yeah, of Ryloth and her family is basically in charge and the villagers are not happy with them and she's trying to do things to help her family create money by my, she wanted to mine the moon essentially because there was spice on it. And they said, no, we're not going to get into the spice business. And she gets Bala, who is a friend, boyfriend, uh, acquaintance, whatever you want to call him, convinces her to betray her family essentially because he wants to take over as they call, what do they call it? The keeper. Yeah. They call him the keepers. And wants to take over his keeper. And he said, you know, or you'll be keeper and I'll rule by your side. And she loved that idea and then gets backstabbed by him saying, no, I'm going to be the keeper. And then they end up killing her family. And she was seriously betrayed by Bala. So, you know, it plants the seeds of 
uh, and they're in they're in what leagues with the Zygerians, um, yep. about with the spice, and they end up selling her to the Zygerians. Well, Zygerians that's how she becomes slavers. a slave. I mean, that's, their, that's their thing. Yeah, so she really gets hosed right in the beginning of this book by Bala. Um, you know, after she loses this battle in the current time, and it does jump back and forth a lot. That's that's one thing I would say was a little bit hard because it does jump back and forth between the two two three time periods and you do have to kind of make sure you're paying attention but yeah she and then again on this prison ship she gets betrayed by uh she gets manipulated i guess i should say by counselor wittick who is this what attractive (laughs) guard prison guard guy who all all of these who uh, who uh lorna d and um uh, Sestin and Tasia are all kind of like oogling and um, he finds favor with Lorna D and befriends her and kind of tries to get her to, to change because he says, no, I see something in you. You could be more than what you are and then tries to use her to basically get himself promoted and all this other stuff. See, so that, that's not how I I didn't read it like that. I read it like he wanted he was he was searching for. Like he knew he was gonna die because he was sick or whatever, mm-hmm. and he was searching for like a success story to prove yes. to like make it so that you know this life of this you know this life of service he had kind of you know in that job um, like he he could say it was it was worth it because I like saved one life here kind of thing yeah which I is think- more altruistic than I think. Lorna gives him credit for, but at that point she's just so sick of what's happened to her that she kind of lumps him in. I th- I feel like the same thing kind of happened with uh, Master Rancisus too. I feel like he wasn't, you know, he wasn't um, trying to take advantage of her on the level of you know Bala or the Zygerians or or mm-hmm. you know, but at the same time, um, you know, she kind of she ended up seeing it that way. So. Yeah. Yeah. No, I agree. And that's, I think what you, you said it better, I think, than what I, I could, where she didn't want to be that thing for him, knowing he's sick and not doing well. She, she was like, no, like, not I don't want to case. Kind of yeah. Thing. I like, no, that's not what this is going to be. Like, you're trying to change who I am and what I am. And I don't want to be that. And, and again, you know, I think she thought she befriended him and, um, uh, that kind of thing, and only come to find out that that's what he was trying to do with her the entire time. So, yeah, well, and I, I think the the cool, the really cool thing about her story, though, is that, you know, I and I might have talked about this a little bit on a previous episode when we were kind of just when on the, I think I had talked about it a little bit on the Kevin Scott uh, interview. Um, you know, we have in Star Wars, we have a lot of we have numerous instances of bad guy tragic backstory sympathized with by the fans leads to some sort of redemption. And Mm -hmm. this was that to an extent, but it was a different kind of redemption. It wasn't redemption in like, Oh, she was bad. And now she's good. Good. Like, you know, she's bad. Here's all the sad reasons she's bad. And then it leads to her being good. It was more of like an awakening for her where through through the, all of those experiences she's able to finally say this is who I am 
have that like self actualization. So it's kind of right. like um redemption in her own eyes type deal, but not necessarily for us. Like she's still a villain. Mm-hmm. And maybe she's more justified in what she does than some other villains are, but most villains think that they're the good guy. Yeah. Um anyway. Yeah. But it's it's just uh Good as a matter of perspective. Yeah, from a certain point of view. Yeah. <laughs> as the uh, emperor would say, good yeah. is a matter of perspective. Yeah. But she uh it, it it was nice that it wasn't your traditional like cuz it was really leaning that way when she was getting closer yes. with Wittick. I was like, "Oh, come on." Like, all right. Well, she, <laughs> she's going to join the Jedi and turn rat on Martian Row and you know, but nope, she's just uh she used that to self-actualize and go back and basically it's like is she the leader now like what's going on so yeah yep um they definitely they leave it on a good cliffhanger at the end of this which we'll get into here in a little bit but that was going to be my question to you is you know how do you how do you feel about this where star wars lately has taken these villains in the star wars universe and then you know when you first see them they're a villain but now they're starting to go well this is why they're a villain and they make you feel sorry for them and and kind of make you sympathize with this person to understand why they are who they are. Instead of there just being an altruistic bad, there's a reason why they're bad, right? You get it with Thrawn a little bit now. Obviously, before we got all the backstory of Anakin, right, you had Darth Vader's just a bad guy. He was a Jedi. He became bad. You didn't know why other than... He was seduced by the dark side. He loved the power. He wanted to be, have all the power to do things with, right? We've had this with more villains lately, I think, in Star Wars. So you're right. I, this story is a little bit different in how they took it. But do you, are you a fan of that? Are you, like, do you, are you okay with your villains kind of? Yeah, I don't want to say be good guys, but like, at some point see their history and go, eh, they weren't always bad. Well, I think, I mean, the reality, I th- I feel like the reality is that most people in real life that do bad things have some sort of reason mm-hmm. and see it a different way. But maybe, I mean, because even, even people trying to d- dissect like, what bad things happened to Hitler that made him the way he is? Like, right, not saying that, like, you know, not just <laughs> right, right. But like, like, you know, they're like, oh, well, uh, you know, and, and I feel like it's for, with him, uh, stuff like art school was bad or whatever. But, you know, so like, <laughs> um, which is obviously not a justification, but um, uh, worse stuff happened to Darth Vader, you know. But um, yeah. At the same time, it, I don't know. I, I feel like. It can be tired either way, right? It can it can be tired if if too many people are have a tragic backstory and there's a reason they're the way they are, and then but if we had like a universe full of the Joker, that would also mm-hmm. suck. So yeah. I think it's just yeah. I mean I think this is the perfect example is you're 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 doing that redemption story in a sort. But it's also there's a different nuance to it, and there's a different kind of end to it. It's not just like, "Oh, I love you, son," and uh, I threw the emperor down a well, and now I'm good, and now okay, now I'm dead, <laughs> and now I'm gonna come right. back looking like young Anakin. Yeah, um, <laughs> it's it's personal choice. 
<laughs> come back looking like young Anakin. Um, you're right. You're right. The, the last and the last person that I can think of that, at least as far as a book or a novel where the person was just altruistic bad, was um, the Plagueis novel. Yeah. Because when he finds Palpatine, he is like he is bad from a kid until like he kills Plagueis in that novel. Like yeah. he he's he just does bad stuff. So he makes you think he's a nice guy, but he is secretly doing bad stuff from the time he is like what, 10, I think, or 12 years old or roughly when Plagueis picks him up and finds him and takes him under his wing. Like he is and then kind of inserts him in, hey, you're going to be a senator. You're going to do these things. You're going to like pose as this, but here's what we're secretly doing. And then he turns around and backstabs Plagueis in the end and kills him. That's the last person I think that could I could say was in Star Wars altruistic bad from start to finish. Yeah, I mean, uh, Palpatine's like the serial killer who was like killing animals and chopping Barbie's heads off when he was a kid, right? Like he's right. always been there's always been something going on. Um I'm trying to think if there's someone else like I th- I feel like there's other like there's other people like that, but we don't know their mm. b- backstory. Whereas him, we kind of well, we don't have a canon backstory, but like the the right. EU backstory was was that way. Yeah, um, and it's it's interesting that you brought up uh, redemption. You kept you kept saying redemption for Lorna D here. All of the parts in this book begin with the letter R, and they're all yeah. labeled. Uh, so like, I, and I missed part one and two. I don't remember the names, the ones for one and two. Part three was restitution, which one is actually the name. Yes. Uh, three, uh, three is restitution. Maybe revenge was one or two. Cause I think it's, I have all the rest. Oh no, no, it's part five. Uh, restitution is part three, which is actually the name of the ship that they're on right. after they get captured by the Jedi and they don't even know they have Lorna D. They basically said Lorna D died on the ship when you guys attacked. And she pretends to be a completely different person, which was uh, Zal Crossed is the name of the person that she pretends to be while on this prison ship. Um, what was it? Recrimination is part four. Revenge is part five. Renewal is part six reckoning is part seven and the big part where you would think it would be redemption is actually called rebirth yep and that's the last chapter in the audio drama and she has a new purpose yes you're right she's got a new purpose with what she wants to achieve and we get all this um you know she basically pan ada uh you know obviously he got away um after he got poisoned by her and Roe and backstabbed and yeah. betrayed. Uh, Pan Ada gets away. He goes into hiding, finds some dude looking for guys to help break Lorna D out of this prison ship restitution. So now Pan knows where she is. Pan gets a crew together, goes to try to break, get her and get payback from Lorna on the restitution. Um, when he gets like obsessed with it too. It's, it's yeah. wild. Yeah, and um, he ends up, he survives that too, I think. No, she finally killed him. She kills Pan at the she, end of this. She she thought she killed him once in this book. Yeah. And he survived, and then, and then she killed him again at the end, yeah. Yeah, yeah. Um, and then uh, she ends up, one of her friends that she makes in this prison, Sestin, actually has two kids. And the end of this book, uh, it it was hard too, because she likes counselor Wittick 
and she likes her friend Seston, but she feels like both Seston and Wittick were trying to tell her what to do and shape who she is and change her and do all these things. And literally, the, the end of this, and we are about to tell you the end of this thing, the end of this book, or the end of this audio drama, they, she has a blaster in her hand with one shot left, and even Counselor Wittick acknowledges, he's like, you've only got enough charge in there for one shot. And she's mad at Seston and she's mad at Wittick and you hear this blaster bolt and then that's it. Like that's the end of it. And then it cuts to like the next scene. So you're left on this cliffhanger like, well, which one did she shoot? Did she really shoot Seston with the two kids or did she shoot Wittick who she had a love interest in? And we come to find out the Jedi end up finding an escape pod. They rescue one of the escape pods from the restitution after it got attacked by the Nihil and uh, Panada. And on board this, this um, escape pod was Seston, who had two kids. And so she lets, clearly she lets Seston live. She killed Wittick, who was going to die anyway because he was sick or had something yeah. or whatever he had. So she kills Wittick and... Uh, and then she meets back up with uh, she inherits a transmission or in, in intercepts a transmission from Marshawn to um, who's the new guy. Uh, I can't. His name escapes me all the time. I don't like him, but um, the guy in the like exosuit. Yeah. Yeah. And I can't think of his name now. He's uh, he's whatever the new guy is that um, is the new Tempest Runner or whatever for um for the Nile who's loyal to Marshawn Rowe, right? During the whole backstabbing that Pan and Kossiv and and Lorna were trying to do. But she intercepts this transmission and basically Is it Zitar? Marshawn's Zitar, thank you. Yes. She he is they're both surprised that she's still alive, number one. Um Marshawn tries to bring her like back into the fold, and then she's like, nope. Here's what's going to happen. We're going to meet on my terms. We're going to meet on my ship. And he's like, you have a ship now? And he's like, he's like that, that, that prison barge you have, the restitution? She's like, no, it's the Lorna D. So she called her new ship the Lorna D as well. So it's super cool audio drama. Loved it, loved it, loved it. There was, a, like I said, it's quick. It goes, by, it goes by fast. You get... Tons of characters in this. You get Nile, you get Jedi, you get the New Republic uh, people that are obviously like, hey, we don't want to kill you. We want to try to reform you and help you. So you help us clean up the mess that you made. We'll give you credits and free room and board. And hopefully, like, you realize the error of your ways and then we'll put you back out into society. <laughs> and, like, um, you get skier in this. Uh, you do get Avar Chris. She's in this. Uh, you get everybody. It was it was awesome. I love this. So I, fun. What do you what do you think? What do you think is next for the Nile? Like at this, at the end of this book, you you have Lorna showing back up, and I don't I don't know if it's. Do they already not have Mari at the end of this book, or does that not happen until... Is this book after Out of the Shadows? 
I think this is out of this is after out of the shadows. So they don't have so the Mari's gone. They do have the the leveler. They their numbers are severely down. Mm-hmm. Like what is is she gonna be the eye now? Uh, like I don't know. I like Lorna D, but I all as a character, but I also think there's so much mystery about what's going on with Martian mm-hmm. that I don't want him gone yet. I want to, I want to like, we need to answer those question marks for me Yeah, before yeah. we have some switch in power. And I just, it's, I'm very cautiously interested in what's going to happen with the Nihil going forward. I think, think? I think there's, you're right. I think it's still too soon. I like Maggie's, uh, you know, hypothetical or like where Lorna basically is going to backstab Marshawn at some point and take over the Nile, which whether they become what the cloud runners down the road or not, I don't know. Um, but I do like that idea of she takes charge of the Nile and eventually becomes the leader. I don't I don't think they have the paths in they can't get new paths. I, I yeah. should say that, I guess, right? They're not going to get any new paths because I think Mari's gone at this point. So the only paths that they have are what they already know. And I think that's all they can go off of. Because I think he does reference in this book somebody uh was it what Zitar? He reaches yeah. out and says, you know, can you send me a path if you still have any? And he says, yes, I can send you the path. And then to like get over to where he was or whatever. So I think they do still have that ability. But I, I like that idea where Lorna is eventually going to be in charge of everything. And she's going to somehow surprise Roe and take his place. But I, I think at this point, Roe also has that weapon because he, I, he does reference it at one point. He's, he said something like, we don't need the paths anymore. Um, I have something to show you something. It was something like that, but I think he references the staff or whatever it is that he has that now turns people to stone and kills them. I don't know. I feel like it's going to be a mixture. It's going to be, I think Maggie's like partially right, but I think instead it's going to, I think the Jedi are going to fit like the Jedi are going to go to battle with Martian and that's how he's going to get dealt with. And then she's going to be able to take her people and escape. And she like picks up the mantle and, and and that's how, you know, and then you can still have that storyline where they eventually become the cloud runners. Yeah. Yeah. Yep. I think it's a, I think it's a solid plot. Like I, we could be way wrong. We (laughs) happened before. So that's just projection from us. But, um, I like the idea, and I like Lorna D's character. I really, really like her character. She is a strong leader, and when you listen to this and basically hear what she went through, which is really surprising from from the people of Ryloth and like what happened there on Aeloth with Bala. I just shocked by that. Like this dude clearly was just more intent on power, and and you know where I think you know when you look at what happens on Ryloth with um, uh, Hera's family and they're most of them, I think are everybody listens to 
uh, her dad, right? Yeah. Like everybody respects him and listens to him as a leader. And I think this, her dad in this was very much trying to be that same person, but it was interesting to hear that Bala is just not on board with it and wants to mine spice and make money and be the keeper. So, uh, how she gets there is just very, very interesting. Um, what did you, what are some of the things that you enjoyed about the audio drama overall? Well, obviously the, the cast, like the, as much as I like the audiobooks, it was nice to have differing voices. Um, and I, just like with any other audio, uh, you know, you get the sound effects and the score along with it. And actually they, there was like some original music in this one too, which actually they've, Mm -hmm. they didn't, they didn't used to do, but now in, I I don't know. I don't remember hearing it before alphabet squadron, but alphabet squadron also had some of its own scoring and then also had some of John Williams score. Um, but just yeah, the sights and the sound, the well, the, just the sounds, I guess, not the sights and the sounds. But um, <laughs> it really adds a lot to it. Um, although on the flip side of that, uh, I do miss the lack of narration. Yeah, and um, the one thing, the one other thing that made this drastically different, um. I'm going to end up saying all the things I didn't enjoy off of this one thing I enjoyed <laughs> cause, just because they make sense to say here. So, yeah, the, yeah I'm just going to do it. Uh, it's okay. I, I thought Tasia and Lorna sounded way too similar. So when they were in a scene together, I was very confused, uh, at, yeah. at least at first. But the the one thing that's um, very different than an audiobook is all of the grunts and breathing and like because they were they were very much like acting this out. Whereas there's not as there's yeah. only as much of that as you need to get your point across with an audiobook, but the, I mean, I there were so many scenes where there was so much just like, ah, ah, oh, 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 okay, okay, we're gonna go there, like you know, like whatever, and I'm just like, what is, why this is too much, like yeah, <laughs> yep, <laughs> I agree, I agree. It was um, yeah, like a, like panting and heavy breathing and um, like. You know, we get it. She ran, like yells she ran and, somewhere. We get it. Like, <laughs> yeah, yeah. Whereas, like a normal audio book, it's just how it's they read the line. They read it how it's written in the character's voice for the line. There's not the embellishment of the action that is actually happening for the Though, most part. There might be a little bit of that if there needs to be, but not like. Mm-hmm. Not this like was this. more heavy. Yeah, Alphabet Squadron. You did get a little bit of that. A in bit. there from Where some of them needed. but yeah yeah so you're you're right though the the different the sound effects the music the different voices it all of it put together allows for a much more to me a more imaginative experience than just listening to a normal audiobook yeah. um so I, I really enjoy that but yeah there's there's times where you're getting like um, you know, added laughter in there or whatever. To me, like Tasia kind of with the laughter, and it could be the speed I was listening to it at, at too. <laughs> I had it a little bit faster. Um, but at times she kind of sounded like a little chipmunk with her laugh. And I was like, okay, that's kind of a uh I don't want to say a turn off, but uh it was a l it got a little bit annoying after a while. But 
the character herself, Tasia, I liked the character herself. She was basically yeah. Lorna's number two on the original Lorna D on the ship that got destroyed. But now that they're in this prison, she's got a little bit of leverage because she knows she could out Lorna at any time and yeah. to the Jedi. And she's like, no, I'm not going to listen and take orders from you anymore because you just literally punched my face in the opening scene <laughs> or what? I forget what she did. She was like punched her and said, stop bleeding on my deck floor or something yeah. like that. And she it was, was like, to her. Yeah. yeah, she was like, no, I don't want to, I don't want to do this anymore. So yeah, I liked the character, but yes, the voices got a little, eh. I forgot what I was going to say. <laughs> uh, oh, um, I like that. Even though it was uh, a little bit uh, stereotypical, I do like that the it the the prison some of the prison stuff played out like every Shawshank Redemption longest yard <laughs> like prison movie TV show you've ever seen. You know, there's a there's a crew that runs the yard, and the mm-hmm. our hero sta- at some point stands up to the to the crew and neither earns their respect or you know. Yeah. Um, oh, yeah. Very interesting. Um, was it uh, Orla Hest? I think is like a, she's like a big bad that's already in the prison that works for the huts. I think. Yeah. And just a very very bad. She's like the <clears throat> the main bad person in the prison. I guess you could say she's killed a ton of people, and uh, I don't know why she's in a reformatory ship and not a real prison, <laughs> but apparently they think they can help her. So she's got connections. She does. Uh, you know, I loved the backstory on Lorna D and all the people that betrayed her in her life made for a very interesting backstory. Loved the writing on that. Um, one of the things that I really liked in this, and I forget what they called them. Um, they used when they were fighting, when, when they first get, when the rest, when her ship first gets attacked and they're trying to fight the Jedi and everybody else that's trying to catch them. Uh, they use these inhalers during these fights. Like they, I, I forget what they call it, stims. Yeah, the, like the or, battle stims. Yeah, battle stims. They use these battle stims, which is like an inhaler that just gives you a crap ton of adrenaline That's to funny. help I you they were, fight. I thought they were like sh- adrenaline shots. Like well, yeah, it's something like that. It's like an sh- injection or an inhaler. And and I'm watching Titans right now, so the in- the first thing I could think of is Jason Todd doing his like inhaler thing that makes him super amped up uh in in titans but yeah i i loved the use of that i thought it was really really cool um yeah i i don't think i'd heard that in star wars before where they're like oh we're getting ready to go to a fight let's go ahead and juice up before we we go face these jedi and these new republic soldiers but um uh i know you said it was hard to at times with tasia and d because they kind of sounded alike i had a hard time with pan ada from time to time, just because it sounded really heavily synthed. Um, because he's got it's a mask he's on. The mask. Yeah. Yeah, he's got the mask on, but it was super hard sometimes to understand the line that Mark was trying to read. So I had a hard time with that from time to time, but that's just me. Um, and and I would say the biggest thing is if you're a fan of a linear story that just kind of goes from start to finish, this is probably not for you because it does jump around quite a lot between like these different timelines. So you got to make sure you're listening because the jump happens in the middle of a part. Like it'll be like part three and then it'll be like on the current storyline, but then it flashes back to when she was 
on Aeloth with her family and it's connected by like one word or one phrase and all of a sudden now you're back into the flashback and and you didn't realize it happened so you do have to kind of pay attention and listen to it a little bit otherwise you miss that that uh that jump so yeah overall though yeah go ahead josh oh you're good i was gonna say another thing i enjoyed was the like pan Panada's like obsession with Lorna and getting mm-hmm. revenge. And I, I just one one quote that um that really stands out to me from the book was when uh he was talking about how it would be like poetic if they died like imperfect if they died together. Yeah. I yeah. Just, like that's so sick but so wild too <laughs> at the same yeah. time. I think Pan's smarter, I think, than a lot of people give him credit for. I think they think he's just a big dumb creature uh, species and he's not he's actually smarter than what people give him credit for but i don't think he gets many opportunities to put that out there to people so um but yeah thoroughly enjoyed this uh i i really would love to get the take of maggie and kyle because like i said in the beginning i think we tend to listen to the audiobooks a little bit more they tend to read through it so it was nice to have something where the four of us we're all together on what we were listening other than, than shows or movies or what we're watching have something that, uh, cause we all read the comics in different ways. We all read the books in different ways. So it was nice to have something where this is the same format for all of us. It'd be interesting to see if, uh, they got a different interpretation of it than what you and I did. So, and we love the audiobooks and even the, and I enjoyed this, but I still, I think I'm like you, I prefer just my normal audio book with Mark Thompson reading to me it's uh it's very soothing very comforting <laughs> it'd be cool if they could do like a little bit of the best of both worlds where like mark's doing some voices he's also doing a little bit of that narration like that internal mm-hmm. monologue stuff but then and describe setting the scene a little bit but then also maybe have other people do voices too yeah maybe more like the narrated by but not the audio drama piece with the embellishments Yeah. Yeah. Oh, yeah. I agree. Uh, I thoroughly enjoyed this. Two thumbs up. Go check it out. Like I said, it's a quick listen. Six hours. You can do it in a day. You can do it in a work day. You can do it over two days. You can do it on a weekend, mowing the lawn. I don't know how long it takes you to mow your lawn, but if it takes you six hours, you got something to listen to. I'm just saying. <laughs> or if, if you mow you lawns for a living. To, if it takes you six <laughs> hours to mow your lawn. Are you hey, I mean. Like one of those. Those. Uh, <laughs> The rotary uh, old style. Yeah. <laughs> or where do you live, man? Like if you yeah. if you can own a if you own a yard that big, you can probably afford to pay someone to do it. That's also probably true. Uh I mean you could live on a farm, have just a bunch of acreage. I mean it it used to take me three and a half hours to mow my parents, like they lived on three and a half acres and it was like an hour an acre. It was long. That was with a zero turn. So it is uh it is not easy sometimes, but uh, yeah, if you mow lawns for a living, hey, you've got something that you can listen to for at least part of your day. Um, but I don't know. Yeah. Two thumbs up. Highly recommend it. I think Josh probably agrees with me there. Go check it yeah, out. Great. Yep. I can't good wait listen. for more. As much as I say, as much as I've said that I like regular audiobooks more, I still really, really like these, you know? Yeah. Yeah, it's a nice. It's break. like Reese. Do I like Reese cups more than Twix? Yeah, but they're both great. You know. <laughs> yeah, and you can eat both. 
They both yeah. exist. You can have them both. It's okay. Um, anything else before we blow this thing and get out of here? No, no all I good. think that's it. All oh, right. <laughs> You're all clear, kid. Now let's blow this thing and go home. guys have enjoyed the recap of the tempest runner audio drama by kevin scott go check it out it's an awesome awesome piece of audio drama to listen to if you love your star wars like we do go check it out uh josh any shout outs for you this week anybody you want to shout out while you're here um yeah i actually have a friend here that wants to give a shout out real quick Hey everybody, this is me, Caleb Doom, and I just wanted to say that I'm very sad that Maggie and Kyle weren't on the show this week. Uh, hopefully they'll be back next week. Ooh, Great. yeah. <laughs> Great having you on, Caleb. Great having you on. Thanks for that uh, Good to be here. 30 second plug. Good to have you. <laughs> um, yes, it's uh, unfortunately we couldn't have both of my Maggie's still recovering from NYCC, apparently. She's still then, recovering uh, from meeting uh hayden christensen yes yes i you know I, I don't blame her it's okay um and then kyle had some work complications so anyway you got the two of us you got the dynamic duo today we hope you guys enjoyed uh, i'm gonna give a quick shout out to unknown region outpost who i ordered an amazing uh, tie fighter helmet bag from you can go find them on facebook or etsy unknown region outpost um or their website unknown region outpost big cartel.com uh and then ian sanderson who i get pretty much all of my cases for my figures for dude is on point with his knowledge of acrylics he will get you whatever you need to display your figures and your stuff to protect them i ordered like 3.75 hard acrylic cases i needed like three of them he shipped them like a day later i got them it was over the weekend. I got him like Monday. So thank you, thank you, thank you to him. You can find him on Facebook as well. Um, and anyone who like the figure collecting sites on Facebook. Uh, you can catch us. You can listen to Outer Rim Beacon anywhere you listen to podcasts uh, out there. iTunes, SoundCloud, whatever you prefer. You can find us on all the social medias, Facebook, uh, Twitter, and Instagram at Outer Rim Beacon. You can email us, outerrimbeacon at gmail.com. My name is Justin. You can find me on Twitter at IamTheBendu because I like to be in the middle of things. Where can they find you, Josh? Uh, this is Caleb Doom. You can follow me on Instagram and Twitter at DeepVoiceDoom420. <laughs> and this is Josh, Battle of Taneb on Instagram and Twitter. I feel like we need to create that account I'm now. Gonna, <laughs> <laughs> All right, everybody. We hope you had a great time with us today. As always, may the Force be with you. Always. 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 Is that Kyle's voice? (laughs) Goodbye.